Temple, temple, temple. How many of you have ever been to a temple? See some hands being raised? Well, today is the feast of the presentation of Jesus. And this feast reminds us of three temples. Three temples. Do you know what the three temples are? Just think about it a second. What are the three temples? Take a guess, even a wild guess, but tell your answer secretly to someone next to you. Tell your guesses about the three temples to someone nearby, secretly, so everyone can't cheat from you. Tell your guesses to someone nearby about the three temples. Some of you don't want to tell anyone. Okay, very good. Let's see how you did with your guesses. So to get to the first temple, we have to go back 3,000 years. Everybody say it the way I just said it. 3,000 years. Back to the Middle East, to the golden age of the nation of Israel. Under King David and his son, King King Solomon. Here is a scripture from the Old Testament, 1 Kings, chapter 6. In the 480th year after the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, he began to build the house of the Lord. One temple, one house of the Lord in Jerusalem. This was centuries before the development of synagogues. And the temple was at the center of religious life. Now here's some statements. You tell them whether the statements are true or whether they are false. The temple was a sign of the people's devotion to God. And God's devotion to the people. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the faithful Israelite could only at the Jerusalem temple offer the required sacrifices according to the Old Testament scriptures. Some of which were bloody, such as when a lamb was offered. That was a lamb sound effect, in case you were wondering. (laughs) And the faithful Israelite could only, at the Jerusalem temple, observe some of the high holy days, such as the Day of Atonement. And it was only at the Jerusalem temple where the Holy of Holies was to be found. The Holy of Holies was this inner room in the temple where God's presence was thought to dwell in a special way. Anyone guessed uh, the first temple correctly? Raise your hand. Give them applause for those who did that. Very good. Getting to the second temple requires we move back just 2,500 years ago to the time of the prophet Malachi. Malachi. Say Malachi. Now the first temple, Solomon's temple at this point, had been kaboom, destroyed. The nation of Israel had been taken over by the local superpower, the Babylonian Empire. And actually they were forced, uh, thousands and thousands were deported. They were forced to leave Israel and live in a foreign land. But just before Malachi's ministry... Most of the exiles had returned to Israel. And they had, guess what? They had rebuilt the temple. Yay, the temple is back. The temple. But 
forget about God. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Hmm. And in this, this situation, Malachi shared this word from the Lord. Malachi 3, starting at verse 3. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you will seek will suddenly come into his temple. Then the offering of Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord. Did anyone correctly guess the second temple? I see one hand. That person gets an applause. Thank you, Marcia. One person. To get to the third temple, we only have to go back in time 2,000 years. 2,000 years. Christians regularly celebrate the feast of this temple. A living temple. A temple that came and lived among us. A temple that God filled not just with his presence, but with himself. A temple where God poured everything that is human and everything that is divine into one chalice, into one cup of salvation. This temple is called Emmanuel, which means? Which means? This temple is Jesus. This temple is Jesus. Let's say that together. This temple is Jesus. This is the doctrine of the incarnation. The Christian belief that in Jesus Christ, God became man. How many of you have heard of that doctrine before? Raise your hand. I see several hands. I see some looks of confusion. So let me rewind that one. And if you want to help me rewind, go ahead. This is the doctrine of the incarnation. The Christian belief that in Jesus Christ, God became man. Human. Church, turn to someone next to you and say, Incarnation. Incarnation. Do it again. Incarnation. You see, no longer would God's special presence be limited to one temple, to one room, that only one man could go into only one time a year. No. No more. As the Creed tells us every week, for us in our salvation, He came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, He became incarnate, that is, He took flesh from the Virgin Mary and was made man. So for you scholars in the room, talk about a Gadmerian fusion of horizons. As it tells us in today's letter from the Hebrews, Chapter 2, beginning at verse 14. Since the children share flesh and blood. Who are the children? Us, human beings. He, Jesus, likewise shared the same things. He had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect. To make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Okay, you're like, what's going on here? I hope you've been having your thinking caps on. Are you starting to make the connections between the Old Testament lesson in Malachi with the New Testament lesson in Hebrews to today's gospel lesson from Luke? Be prepared to be blown away. Because here's what happens in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought, who's they? Mary and Joseph brought him to the Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So, check this out. 
The living temple, Jesus, the living Lamb of God, is brought inside the Jerusalem temple. Now, according to the law of Moses, the Old Testament, Mary and Joseph make the required sacrifice of two, two turtle doves. Poor little birds. Yes. In roughly 30 years or so, what sacrifice will Jesus make? Himself. Himself. Did anyone correctly guess the third temple? Peter, the seminarian, did. Very good. Give him a round of applause. There. Okay, now for a joke. Now for a joke. So, Verna Phillips, this lady at a church, went up to her pastor after worship. She said, oh, pastor, your sermons are so wonderful. They should be published. And the pastor was trying to be modest and, and said, well, uh, posthumously, you mean. And Mrs. Phillips gushed with enthusiasm and said, yes, yes, and the sooner the better. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner you know the secret, the better. The sooner you know the secret, the better. Now, look around. Is our house of the Lord not a beautiful temple? It is. It's over a century old. It has beautiful stained glass, some of which is Tiffany, sort of medieval architecture. There's marble. Uh, we even have our own version of the Holy of Holies. Do you know where the Holy of Holies is? I'm not going to tell you right now, but I'm just saying there is a Holy of Holies and in this church. However... Just like the first and second Jewish temples, this is but a powerful reminder of the true temple, Jesus Christ. And here's the secret. Here's the secret. There is a fourth temple. You. Y O U. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you? For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. You are God's temple. You are God's temple. Turn to somebody and tell them that. You are God's temple. All of you is God's temple. Your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit. All of it. Now, I want you to look at the stained glass windows here in the church. Imagine the effect that happens when light comes through those stained glass windows. Even on a more gloriously sunny day than today. Can you just can you imagine that? How they just glisten and gleam and glow with light. Well, in the same way, God wants to radiate the light of His love into every pore of your being, into every aspect of your life, into all the hurt, into all of the joy. God wants to kindle, ignite in the hearth of your soul, at the very heart of the center of your temple, a fire. Using kindling of faith, hope, and love. 
So that your life is ignited with the fire of God's love. That you are a human being fully alive. Now, your temple need not be perfect. Your life need not be in order. Jesus is familiar with the damaged temple. And knows from personal experience what it's like. And he can help you to restore yours. All those dark purposes that light can come into. So present yourself to him. Let the spirit, the fire of God's love, fill the temple that is your life. Start with a prayer. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Start with taking communion even more seriously when you come forward this morning. Lift up all that is not good in your life and receive in your life all the light and all the goodness of the Lord right into your own temple. And then take small steps in living that out all throughout this week. Temple, temple, temple. You are God's temple. Amen.